from Relay FM, this is Connected, episode number 97. Today's show is brought to you very kindly by Ministry of Supply, Willing.com, and Braintree. My name is Mike Hurley. I am joined by Mr. Stephen Hackett. Hello, Stephen Hackett. Hello, Michael Hurley. And Hark, what is that in the distance? It is a returning Federico Vatici. Hello, Federico. Hey, guys. So happy to have you back. Uh, I missed you guys last week. You recovered? Uh, not fully, but I'll, I'll get there, you know. You know, I was thinking there's some kind of irony in the fact that I caught some kind of bug at a developer's conference. Mm. And, uh, oh, Federica. <laughs> Have you been working on that all week? No, no, no. No, no I just thought about it like a minute ago. Um, <laughs> it's like on Monday of last week. I have a great say, idea. No, um, I'll get better eventually, I think. Uh, I just want to get back to work. But I missed you guys, and you, you did a good job last week. So it's good to be back. Yeah. I know something that will have helped your, uh, your sick, while you've been sick, you've had something to do. Mm-hmm. You've had the ability to play with the iPad 9.7. No, not much, Pro. actually. No? Not much. I mean, I, d- I did... Uh, I'm, I'm using it. It's just... For last week, I I basically didn't touch my devices for like three ah. days. I, w- I was just I was in bed and I didn't want to see Twitter. I didn't uh-huh. want to see Slack. Um, so I, I've been using it for really just the past couple of days, actually. And uh, so for, uh, you know, I, I do I have to say that you were right again? I mean, you don't have to say it. I don't but have like, to. Okay. I think it would be the right thing to do, you know? You think it was... Okay, yeah. so you were right. Thank you. Uh, you want to say went, it like in full? Hashtag Mike was right. Thank you. That's perfect. Is that what you want to hear? Yes, okay. that's what I want to hear. Fine. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> wow. So I'm not going to hear the end of this, I know. Anyway, um, you were right when you said that I need a, a second device to... Mm, you know, especially during the summer for uh, the iOS 10 beta. So this is what I'm doing. I put the iOS 10 beta 1 on the... Smaller iPad Pro, and I'm keeping iOS 9, and at least for the next few betas until beta 3 or 4. Uh, on my, uh, I'm keeping iOS 9 on the big iPad Pro, which is where I get uh, my writing done, because I just want to have a stable environment. Yep. So the iPad Pro, uh, the, the small one, two points uh, that immediately uh, caught my attention. The two-tone display, you really don't get it until you use it for a few hours. Um, and it's so... Like uh, the the best way that I can describe it is, it's like night shift for the day. Yeah, and by that I mean, it makes your the looking experience, the the, the looking at the screen, the entire experience, it makes it better, more comfortable. And when you switch back, even to the iPhone, not just to the big iPad Pro, but even to another non true tone display device, it looks worse. It looks blue, and it looks like. Uh, I don't know, it just looks less comfortable than, than the True Tone display. So it's definitely one of the technologies that I would like to see coming to every Apple device. Yep. It is like Retina in that yeah. way. Like, yeah. I want it on all of my devices now. Yes, yes. And the second aspect, I would say, is after the big iPad Pro, you kind of forget how <laughs> light and comfortable yep. and and, you know, just manageable it is uh the 9.7 ipad um another point uh on the other hand that i that i really 
remain convinced of is I don't want to get my writing done on the small iPad Pro because the multitasking experience, the split view, yep. Yep. there's really no contest between the big iPad Pro and this one. I mean, it's perfect for Twitter, reading, yep. catching up on Slack. I find it as like a convenience as opposed to yes. a way to do serious work. And that's yeah. what, where I see the, the two iPads as being different a lot of the time. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, I could get my writing done. It's just I know what split view and uh, what the system keyboard can be on the big iPad Pro and I don't want to switch back. And I was thinking about this uh, even you know uh, when we were in San Francisco uh, about the fact that a lot of people, including me and you, we used to have the desktop computer and the portable computer. You know, we used to have iMacs and MacBooks. And now we were ending up with the, with this big iPad Pro and the small iPad Pro. And in a way, it's sort of like the same idea, which is you have the, the big device for work and the small device for everything else, like a portable device that you can carry around all the time. But there is a difference between the old age, I would say, and the, and the, the new era which is even the big computer, so even the big iPad Pro, I can carry around with me all the time. And it's got cellular, and it's got, you know, yeah. this beautiful display. So I would say that even if the basic idea is the same, which is you have two computers, one is big, the other is small, I think we're getting better in terms of portability and having a computer that's always with you. Because in the old... Yep. Era, I couldn't bring the iMac with me. <laughs> no, it's it's closer to having like a fifteen or seventeen inch MacBook Pro and a MacBook Air, but that that kind of description doesn't effectively make the point that I'm trying to make. So that's why yeah. I've used like iMac and and laptop, even though I'm I'm kind of bending it a little bit in there, but it's to make the point rather yes. than to talk about like the actual logistics of carrying something like this around. Exactly. Yeah. So um, I'm very satisfied. So far. And That's all I ever the, want, really. I know. Uh, the gold and red smart cover combo looks fantastic. It got uh, Sylvia's own seal of approval. Oh. Yeah? Lucky boy. <laughs> so I came back. Uh, so I didn't, I, did, <laughs> I didn't tell her nothing about the, the fact that I bought an iPad while I was in San Francisco. No, I've been meaning to ask you how this went down. So I knew uh, she wouldn't understand on the phone. So I kept it a secret, <laughs> and I even waited until we were back home, just me and her, not even in the car. So when I was unpacking, I was like, oh, by the way, I, I bought you a pen, I bought you a t-shirt, oh, nice a bunch moves. of stickers, uh -huh. and then the very last item, I was like, oh, by the way, I bought an iPad Pro. So the immediate reaction was, why are you wasting our money? Mm -hmm. Which I was expecting. <laughs> then I, exp I explained my reasoning, and I was like, by the end of this process, when I'm done with the beta, you can also use this device. It's not going to be just mine. You can also use it with a pencil, you can draw, you can do whatever you want. So she was like, okay, I like this. Uh, I like the idea. I like the color, the, the combination of the gold and the red smart cover. Uh, I like it. So she's happy with it uh, because she knows eventually she's going to be able to use it as well. Um, and she, in fact, she's thinking about actually getting a red uh, iPhone case because she likes the red smart cover so much. So, Phew. All, all's well that ends well, I guess. <laughs> I, wanted, I wanted to go back f for a second to the multiple like computer analogy. And I, I agree with you, Mike. I think it is a little bit closer to like having a 15-inch MacBook Pro and like the MacBook. But what I, what I do find interesting is the idea that 
you really prefer doing like some work on one and some work on the other. And I mean, going to the desktop and notebook, you know, idea uh, for a long time, I think people would look at a desktop like an iMac or a Mac Pro or go further back to like a Power Mac. And like that's their, like that's the work machine. Like if you're a designer, that's where you're designing or that's where you're producing music or editing video. And you have like a laptop to go to meetings and like do email at home and, you know, do like non heavy lifting mm-hmm. type type tasks. And to hear like that carrying on and to, to how you guys are using your tablets, like I think it's a really natural evolution. I mean, I think, I mean, clearly there are people out there who think it's ridiculous. And I think that's, that's silly because you guys are super productive. You own your own businesses, like not much you can complain about. But uh, I just I, I don't know I find that that thread continuing today and I think for a lot of people they're they're kind of a step behind you where they're hey I have a MacBook or a MacBook Pro uh, and that's where I do my work and then I have an iPad for like other stuff and that, that's where I sit right I yeah have a lot of work I could do on my tablet but I, I choose to do it on the Mac still but there are you know types of tasks that are just more comfortable in the iPad so. You know that this again, this whole idea of like having multiple machines for multiple things is not a new one, and I think that puts a lot of like um, credence into what you're saying. Yeah, I th- I think so. It is you know I will keep going back to this time and time again that this is just the machine that I want to do my work on, and luckily or unluckily enough for me there are multiple machines right but they they offer me different they offer me more choice than than maybe two laptops you know like in that way like i feel like that there's big differences because the software works different that doesn't really happen very much on the mac right so we're talking about like it's not just the space that you get in split view but the keyboard being fundamentally different is a big thing and the 12.9 inch ipad pro's keyboard is so much better than the 9.7 um, just yeah. because of all this extra space and the extra keys. Yeah. So it's like that is actually a, a kind of a different computer at that point. It's like imagine having, because Apple doesn't do this, right? You you don't get two laptops with different keyboards. They have this, well, let's, let's pull the MacBook adorable out of this for the moment. Like if you look at the, the MacBook Pro size differences, right? They're the same keyboard over the two different devices, you know, and you have one that is 13 inch and one that is 15 inch. So it, you can't really, I think, compare them in all the same ways. It's like two laptops. That's why I think it gets real messy. But I know that it works for me, and I'm happy to hear that it's working for Federico as well. Um, there was something I wanted to mention to you, TG, about the, um, about the 9.7. Mm-hmm. I think when you use the software keyboard is when the split screen is not very useful at all. Uh, because you've got two apps taking up a small amount of size and then the keyboard takes up half the screen. So yeah. then you kind of yeah. have like two quarters. It, it's not very useful there. When you use an external keyboard, the split screen is way better than than that. And I know because you use the software a lot, but now that yeah. you're playing around with external keyboards more, it's, it's better. So like I always use the smart keyboard, which is always on the keyboard cover. I can never remember. What is that product called? Smart keyboard? Smart keyboard. It always confuses me because that feels <laughs> yeah, like that's the magic keyboard. And then you've I feel like it should just be called the keyboard cover, but it's not. And then you have something called the smart cover. That one's not magic. 
Oh, that's, that's a good point. That's a good point. I think it's because it doesn't have a lightning port on the bottom of it or something. I don't really understand what's going on. Um, but I, because I use the keyboard cover um, a lot more, it's not what it's called, is it? What is it called? Smart, smart keyboard. keyboard. Mike. Right. Yes. Oh, my <laughs> word. Because I use the smart keyboard, I think it's better for me. And I think maybe if you use it more with the hardware keyboard, you'll feel that you can get more productive work out of the 9.7 inch yeah. split screen and yeah, when i, I was only that. using that to travel with um it, i was more constrained when i was in san francisco but i was able to do all of the work that i do it's just a less comfortable environment to do it in but it's it's like it's like when i use the macbook pro to edit a show it's it's not as comfortable as when i use my 27 inch imac to edit a show yeah, i just feel like the, the small ipad pro is more like eating invites me to hold it instead yeah. of using a keyboard. Yeah, it's way more suitable for consumption of stuff than the 12 yeah. liners, except for video, of course. But, Definitely. Uh, yeah, yeah, we, uh, CV and I, were, were still watching, uh, we're watching Orange is New Black season four, and it's all on the iPad Pro, the big one, uh, just because, you know, it's bigger and it looks fantastic. Uh, but definitely, um, I think uh, a keyboard with the split view helps. It's yeah. just... This is the kind of device that I want to hold, that I want to, you know, walk around the house with, that I want to sit on the couch with. So I, I think I'll be I'll be doing all my typing on uh, on the big iPad Pro uh, and use the the small one for, you know, Pocket, uh, Twitter, that kind of stuff. Yeah, and you know, I I do realize when I take the keyboard off sometimes, I'm like, oh, this thing is so thin and light. <laughs> yeah, what a surprise! <laughs> uh, yeah, that that catches me. That catches yeah. me every now yeah. and then. Yeah. All right, we haven't even really gotten into follow-up yet, so let's take our first break and thank Braintree for supporting this week's episode, Code for Easy Mobile Payments. Maybe you're working on the next big app, the next big Uber, you know, the next Airbnb, the next GitHub. What, then if you're working on something like this, you've got your head down, why not take some of the pain away and use the same simple payment solution that helped these companies become what they are today? Braintree, that's who it is. They make mobile payments so fast, easy, and seamless, it's almost like magic. You can add it to your own app with just a few lines of code, and you're instantly ready to accept PayPal, Android Pay, PayPal, Venmo, credit cards, and even Bitcoin. And if some other way to pay comes along, Braintree will support that too. Imagine if you had to do that on your own from the ground up. That sounds like a ton of work. But with Braintree, just a couple of lines of code. Braintree's fast payouts and continuous support mean that you'll be always ready whether you're looking to earn your first dollar or your billionth. See fewer abandoned carts and more sales with Braintree's best-in-class mobile checkout experience. To check it out for yourself, go to braintreepayments.com slash connected. That's braintreepayments.com slash connected. You'll find out more, and if you sign up, you'll also be helping support this show. Thank you so much to Braintree for their support of Connected and Relay FM. I am going to ask you now, Federico. Mm-hmm. Because you mentioned the review when we were talking about the 9.7, and I saw you uh, post a tweet the other day with uh, you looked like you were opening a mind mapping application yes. uh, to begin the mind map for your next review. So I have two kind of questions for you. Is One, has the work begun and how is that going? And also, uh, it's very funny to me that it seems like the only use you have for whatever application this is is to plan your iOS reviews. <laughs> uh, the second question is... Uh, I don't usually write uh, articles that are this long. Um, and the, the problem is uh, I do find it useful to be able to outline this kind of huge 
stories yeah. in a mind map. And also... Um, what application is that, by the way? That's mind node, but I'll get to that in a moment. Uh, I also delete a lot of old mind maps. Uh, so ah. before taking the screenshot, I just thought it was funny to keep it the iOS 9 mind map um, while taking the screenshot uh, with the iOS 10 one. Uh, so, you know... Um, there were other mind maps, uh, just a couple. Right. I had one for, uh, I don't remember, it was a bunch of old articles, like the really long ones, but like two two other mind maps. I don't use it often. I just use it when, when an article gets too long, when a story has too many different uh, topics. So yeah. Uh, the app is MindNode, and I'm actually having a bit of trouble, uh-uh. and I'm, I'm pretty sure it's because of iOS 10. So I have iOS 10 beta 1 on my iPhone, and on the small iPad Pro. On the big iP- iPad Pro, which is where I want to write and do my research, I have iOS 9. And I'm having issues with iCloud Sync because uh, my node uses uh, iCloud Drive. I'm not sure what is going on. I'm, I mean, it has to be some kind of compatibility problem or whatever. But basically, the mind maps are not showing up on, on all of my devices. So if this doesn't work out, I'll probably be switching to iThoughts which is this other mind mapping uh, app for iOS uh, that I actually also used last year because I started in MindNode and eventually moved to iThoughts uh, because of some of the, uh, I think, markdown and image features. Uh-huh. But MindNode has some updates lately. Anyway, this is way too nerdy. <laughs> we might come back to this at some point. We'll, we'll come back to this. Uh, anyway, if it's not MindNode, uh, it'll be iThoughts, which uses Dropbox. Uh, so yeah, the work actually started when uh, when we were in San Francisco, Mike, because I went to the sessions. I'll, uh, I was taking notes. So right now I'm at the stage where I've uh, I've attended uh, a few sessions that I really wanted to, to go to. I've watched some of the videos of sessions that I missed because we were busy <laughs> doing our own, you know, road trips and and stuff. <laughs> and so I have a few. By few, I mean like 10 to 15, maybe, notes in the Apple Notes app. And these are all like uh, unstructured uh, notes and comments from me. Why do you keep separate notes? Is it on different topics? It's on different topics. And I have uh, different notes for Siri, uh, proactive stuff, um, subscriptions for example uh you know all these different features are uh, in a different note and i also have a master note where i keep my general uh, like thoughts my my high level comments and i have a list of minor features and changes that i also want to tackle at the end of the review so what i'm trying at this point i'm at the stage where I think I have an idea for the introduction, uh-huh. and I need to I need to kind of think about that and visualize that. But do you need to write the introduction first? Yes, yeah, I always do that because it kind of puts me in, in a mood where um, I know what kind of uh, the style or the tone. What kind of style? What kind of tone? What kind of steps I need to follow? Huh. Uh, what kind of angle I want to have. And this is, we've talked about this, this is how I write. I need to find an angle, I need to find a story before I move on to the next steps. So I think I've found what I want to talk about. Uh, 
and I have all of these different notes. So I'll I'll be finishing up the the session videos that I missed, and now after that I'll need to visualize everything on a mind map, and I need to do that because for stories that are this long, uh, you know, with multiple pages on the site, um, the mind map helps me view the weight of each section visually. So I, I, depending on all of the branches, all of the subnodes and the comments, at a glance, I can see which section is going to be heavier in terms of content and in terms of research than others. And I can try to move things around to give the review a better flow so that I don't have like three, you know, really content heavy sections all right. clustered in the in the same you know cl- next to each other uh if you look at the ios 9 review last year for example there were shorter uh, sections such as mail or share sheet kind of in the middle just to kind of break the flow and give the review a different rhythm so it could read better for for people um but i'm sure that you would change i assume that it goes for quite a lot of changes the introduction oh yeah like that, right yeah. It it goes through many many changes and uh, and this is what I do um, during the summer when I write. If I think of a nice sentence or of a nice point, something that sounds nice and that I don't have in the review, um, either I I make a note real quick, or I just put it in the mind in the mind map, uh, give it a different color or like a sticker or like I make it bold whatever, just to indicate that I need to add that point. And as I go through each section, I I collapse all of uh, all of the different branches, so I know when a section is done. Huh. Um, and and that's the advantage of a mind map that it also, in in addition to uh, a visual aid for understanding like the importance of sections, it also lets me see lets me view progress. So as I close down a branch, I know that I'm done, and I can move to the next one. So le- last year I had this. Um, this mind map structured in two uh, halves, and as soon as I was uh, I was done with the with the right one with the right side, I knew that uh, you know the left side was easier because it was uh, smaller sections, and that really helped me in the end. Okay. This year, one change that I want to make is uh, I want to write the review in Ulysses, and of course I also have a backup in Dropbox, but I want to have each section as a Ulysses uh, sheet. Um, and I want to see if by using filters in the app and by... This is uh, actually... Uh, CGP Grey gave me this tip. Uh, by using multiple sheets and then by uh, sorting them by modification date, I can see which section needs work. So that the, you know, the, the ones that I modified are go to the bottom and the ones that I haven't touched in a while float back to the top so I can see where I need to get my writing done, which is a different um, sort of process. Usually I tend to write sequentially, uh, so I go from the introduction to the very end. Maybe this year, uh, because there's no there's no big story like last year with iPad multitasking. It's a, essentially iOS 10 is a bunch of iPhone changes. Uh, so maybe this year not doing writing sequentially could be possible. There are some some themes that need to be developed throughout the review from top to bottom, 
but some changes, I mean, I can write the, you know, one section before the other one, and there's no problem for me. Right. So it's going to be slightly different from last year, uh, and, and I'm, I'm pretty confident that it's going to be easier, especially because there's no huge feature like iPad multitasking, and a lot of work that went into the iOS 9 review last year can be used this year, so I don't need to repeat myself for, like, split view, what it means, you know, that kind of stuff. Uh, that's already done. Thank you, Apple, for not doing any more iPad changes yet. That's, a, that's an interesting stance from you now. I say, you've changed, man. You've changed. <laughs> well, I mean, do I need to be upset? Well, I mean, you know, now now you have your own uh, ulterior motives here, right? Because you don't want yeah. to have to write so much. The, the, the Federico Vatici of old would be looking at you now and being like, buddy, no iPad stuff? You I'm upset. Yeah, I know. And <laughs> another... <laughs> You're a slave to the review, Federico. Yeah, at this point I am. Another, <laughs> another point, <laughs> another point. Uh, last year... If you remember, Mike, I I don't want to say I wasted time, but I let's say I invested uh, a few weeks of my review time to work on these two stories for the website. One was about Safari View Controller. The other was about uh, search, you know, spotlight search, uh, proactive, that kind of stuff. Yep. And... The idea was there were two important features that could be developed as standalone stories on, 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 on the site. So I took the time off from the review. I used the research that I had, so my notes and my comments, for those two individual articles. That They went really well, but they took time off from my review time. And when the time came that I needed to have those sections again... I spent way too much time trying to adapt those articles back into the review. So I don't think I'm going to do standalone iOS 10 feature stories this year. So I'm just going to focus on, on the review. And uh, and it's kind of... I feel kind of itchy every time I see someone working on iOS 10 stories now because, you know, I want to I wanna talk about it. I want to write about it. But I just got to... Uh, set, uh, keep my eyes set on the on the prize, which is the final review for the final version. Uh, I know that there's a you know there's some stuff I could talk about now. I could write about messages. I could write about you know changes for developers. But uh, I gotta keep in mind that people are expecting my review at the end, and yeah. I'm I'm a single person and I wanna do this right. I don't wanna go crazy like last year. I feel like I'm on schedule. Actually, last year I started writing by the mid of July. This year it's not even the end of June and I'm already starting. So, you know, um, got to keep, keep focused and just work on the review. It's going to be a long summer, buddy. <laughs> I know, I know. But, you know, I mean, in a way, it's kind of nice. Like the way that I think of this, this was the conversation that would happen on ATP, right? You'd hear those guys on ATP and they'd be talking to John and asking him how the review's gone. Now John has done and that has moved to us now. So me and, it is my and Steven's job to keep this dream alive. <laughs> and we ask you questions and then you can go, huh, and then we'll move on. Right? That We are just, we're just keeping the ball rolling, man. This is the cycle of life. Yeah, and I, and I, need, to, I need to say that uh, Mike and Steven will be helping me uh -oh. Throughout the summer, <laughs> I'll be sending you guys uh, screenshots. We get our own uh, jobs to do. Questions. I mean, uh, you want to do this on the show? You gotta help me out. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. after the show, 
so yeah, it'll be interesting. I I, um, I really mean this. But I think it's gonna be. I mean, it's not gonna be easy. It's just gonna be slightly easier than last year. I spent so much time doing the sections on iPad multitasking, the the speciality of multitasking, the design, the architecture. It was like half of the review was all about iPad multitasking. Now, I mean, it's not like we haven't got features this year uh, because we got Siri, we got messages, but I feel like that's more, I mean, that's more fun, especially messages. It's also easier because there's no huge architectural change yeah. or behavioral change on the iPad, which was really huge for me. And I get to, re- to reuse a lot of what I did last year. I mean, even if you look at Safari, if you look at the Notes app, for example, there's some new stuff but just it's an incremental upgrade in many, many areas of the OS. So we'll see. Yeah, I mean, I guess you've you've done a lot of the groundwork because Apple yeah. did the groundwork last year on those. Yeah, I mean, San Francisco, the font? Oh, my yeah, gosh. You don't need to waste time on that stuff. The section <laughs> killed me last year. Uh, so, yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. I'm a, I'm a, right now, I would say I'm uh, 70% optimistic about my my status right now. Um, another thing, you know, I mentioned how, you know, we're taking the mantle from ATP for this review thing. Uh, next up in that idea is next up on follow up 30 minutes into the show. Um, <laughs> many weeks ago, many, many weeks ago, uh, I gave a kind of a review of the Canary home security system that I bought. Um, and at that time, the thing that I felt the Canary was missing and that I was trying to solve with a third party application was the ability to set the canary automatically at night and unset in the morning without me needing to do anything about that. Um, now, Canary has, uh, they've made an update to their device, the firmware, and also their app, the, like the software, to change their modes. And now they have, it used to be like privacy, armed, and unarmed, I think it was, it basically was what it was. But now we have uh, away, home, and night. So away, sets you know it does that automatically when you leave at home that means it's in privacy mode so there's no video being recorded right now because i'm at home but now we have night mode which is so happy exists basically what happens now is you can set in the canary application for the uh, home security camera that yeah that's what it is to turn on at night at a time you that you uh set so it like so you could say oh we have it to at 2 a.m the canary goes into armed mode so it's recording any activity so if there's any movement it will pick it up and then at 7 a.m it will un it will unarm again so it, it won't be picked up by anybody moving around the house so i'm really happy about this it's actually made it even better for me because now it's doing exactly what i wanted because there was some weird kind of weird bugs and edge cases i was running into by using a third-party system to kind of hack the settings in a way like to, mm-hmm. to it was like if me and adina were both not at home so let's say we were on holiday it would still set an unset because oh. the app was kind of overriding the canary's understanding of who's at home because it was like i was telling it to unset so if we were both on holiday or we're on holiday together at 7 a.m in the morning it would just go into private mode so it wouldn't be picking up anyone coming home because i was kind of not really doing what i was supposed to be doing of it but now that doesn't happen because it always pays attention to who's at home before it makes any changes 
So, like, if we're both not at home now, it will still remain set even though we've asked it to unset in the morning. So, I'm really happy about this. It's made it uh, an even better product for me because as time was going on, I was getting more and more concerned about the fact that I had to pay attention to doing this and turning off the programming that I had set up every time we went away. So, now it doesn't do this and the Canary's even better. And I want to just thoroughly recommend this product again we've been living with it for i don't know it's probably six months or something now um and i absolutely love it it gives me the peace of mind this is not a sponsor canary i've never been a sponsor but it gives me the peace of mind that i wanted i can check in when i was away when i was in san francisco i was able to check in at any time that i wanted to i think you probably saw me doing this yes Yes. Um, so like if anything was moving in the house or one thing that i really loved is i would know when adina came home um, and I knew when she went to work, which I just like to know that, right? I just That's just the way that we are. We like to know that information. Um, so yeah, I really love it. And it's continued to be a worthwhile purchase for me. So I recommend it to anybody that wants a, a home security system. The Canary, I'm pretty sure it's getting HomeKit support with iOS 10, right? I have no idea about that. I think it was on a, on a slide uh, at, the, at the keynote. There it's I think, getting, because, I think so. You know, because uh, iOS 10 is adding uh, cameras as a HomeKit devices. Well, I'm assuming then it would have there would be new hardware that mine I think it'll work. be a firmware update. Interesting. Maybe. Interesting. Yeah, I wanna I wanna confirm that because if that's the case, I think I'm gonna get one. Man, if that is the case, I will be very happy because I've I I really loved the Canary and that was something that I was concerned about because I figured I would have to buy something new. Yeah. Because like it wouldn't work for me anymore, right? Like it. Um, oh, there's oh, a there's, there's a blog, a blog post. post. There there's we go. A blog post. <laughs> there we go. HomeKit support is what's coming, um, and it yeah. looks like that they're going to be changing uh, something called Canary uh, Plus. I don't our know next what this is. generation product, Canary Plus. So it's a there new goes, camera. A new product. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. But m- my hope will be that I will because you can link Canaries together to so have multiple ones in the house. Oh yeah. So when we move, which we will probably have moved, hopefully, touch wood, by the time this one comes out, I mean, I was probably going to get a second canary anyway to put in our new home. Um, So that will be good because then I could have the HomeKit one linked to the other one. I figured it would have to be a new device and I'm not upset about this from Canary's perspective because you need, I think you need to have specific chips in them, don't you? For like, there's like an Apple chip that goes in HomeKit devices. Am Am I remembering that correctly? No, I think you're right. Yep. Yeah, there's some sort of like authentication that they use. Yeah, yeah. So hardware based. I figured that this is would happen to me if I wanted to have something HomeKit, but I just didn't think it was ever going to happen. So I'm pleased to hear that because I will definitely get a new Canary or an updated Canary. So that's good for me. All right. All right, let's, uh, let's take another break before we finish follow up. This week's episode <laughs> is also brought to you by Ministry of Supply. Human sweat. It's actually warm in this room right now and I'm sweating, right? This is just the thing that people do and it's really inconvenient when you are sweating, you're a big sweaty mess on the way to work in the morning because then you've got to deal with that for the rest of the day. This used to happen to me every day. I know so many people that go through this, especially if you go to work on any kind of public transport system when it gets warm, it is uncomfortable. And our clothes, our work clothes, they don't help with this. They're not designed to help with this, right? They're just meant to be shirts and suits and ties and things like that. It's the stuff that you're wearing all day, every day, and it's not made to be comfortable or stretchy. 
This is where Ministry of Supply comes in. They realized that maybe somebody should make clothes like this. So they combined the performance technology that we're used to in our gym clothes and athletic gear. They combined this with tailored design to make men's workwear that's actually comfortable and capable. This results in dress shirts and slacks that wick sweat, breathe, and stretch as you move. For example, they have something called the Apollo dress shirt. This is uh, something that has NASA-invented fibers that regulate body temperature based on your surroundings. NASA made these fibers, and their Ministry of Supply were like, we're going to make a dress shirt out of those. So it's all machine washable as well. So no longer will you be a slave to the dry cleaners, and this stuff doesn't even need to be ironed. You can just hang it up. It's amazing. To find out more for yourself, which you should, because Ministry of Supply clothes are awesome, go to ministryofsupply.com slash connected. And what's more, you'll get 15% off your first Ministry of Supply purchase by using the code connected. So go there, check out their shirts, check out their suits, maybe pick something up, and I know that you're going to be sold. Also, if you live in Boston, San Francisco, and coming soon, Washington, D.C., you can go to one of the Ministry of Supply stores and just mention this show in store and you'll get 15% off. How awesome is that? Thank you so much to Ministry of Supply for their support of Connected and Relay FM. All right. So, Stephen, there's some bad news for you this week, I think. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Sometime, yeah, sometimes things happen and things that I own become like... Now I know this Thunderbolt display will be a thing that, you know, isn't around forever. I have it right here. It used to be at home and I moved it to the office for many reasons, so I'm just I'm just gently touching it, sadly. Because he's gone. He's gone now. So I don't know what there's a say, right? So Thunderbolt Display's five years old. Apple had a little press thing like the very end of the week saying we're no longer selling it. There are lots of Third-party alternatives is a super strange thing to say. Uh, I mean, so I think I think you guys talked about this on Upgrade, but I, I buy into the theory that there is a new one coming and that their timing got messed up. And so the plan to discontinue these was already in the works and they couldn't do anything about that. Like, if you stopped ordering the parts or you're out of parts, you can't build anymore. Why do you own one of these? Like... This was something that I couldn't really understand because it feels overpriced anyway. Like the thing is, has it kind is. of always been a thousand dollars, and <laughs> it's really expensive. I don't really know. Like I was kind of laughing on Upgrade about the idea of somebody owning one of these anyway, and then Jason reminded me that you do, and I don't know why you do. And my Twitter followers know that I recently damaged it. Yeah, what move. did you do? <laughs> you dropped it, didn't you? I dropped it. <laughs> so there's there's like a chunk of there's like a a chunk of a little. Aluminum missing and it messed you up the glass like up in the corner. You escaped nicely I did. from that one. Uh, because this glass is not like safety glass. So if you drop the front of an iMac, which I have done, it turns into some like really sharp pieces of glass you could like cut people with. It's oh, crazy. Excellent. Wow. I'll find a picture of me. I'm going to dig this picture up uh, for the show notes. I dropped a, a cover glass like my last week as a genius and it was terrible. I had to fill out a lot of paperwork. Anyways. So it's it's discontinued. Um, I hope there's a new one coming. The reason I own it and the reason that I'm interested in a new one is that it it really serves as a as a docking station that you can leave all of your stuff plugged into the display, and then if you're like me with a MacBook Pro, I can just like pick it up and unplug a couple of things and be like free of my setup. You know, I think if you're running a Mac Mini or a Mac Pro, maybe you have it because it it. Your IT department bought it for you. In fact, 
there's a talk on Twitter of like who buys these things. Like we just spent time in Dropbox and Facebook, and like Dropbox has bajillions of these things. Like everywhere you look in Dropbox, there's a, there's a Thunderbolt display. Clearly, people like that it's it's branded and you know it's nice and neat. But I like it as a notebook user that I can just uh, walk away with like a minimal fiddliness. It is expensive. There's no way around that, and uh, there's no way around the fact that Apple never updated like since 2011. Uh, they haven't done a single thing. There've been like two firmware updates to it, but. Even mine, I think I wrote it in my little blog post of like the saddest thing in the Apple ecosystem is using a $9 MagSafe 2 adapter on your $1,000 display. Like it's just Ugh. the saddest thing. But it's gone. I hope there's a new one. I think it's a market they should be in. Clearly, there's good money to be had, uh, you know, with good margins. Clearly, they want, you know, I think they like that people use them. And I think that there are a lot of people who really want them. They are nice displays, even though this isn't Retina. It's still a great display. So I hope I hope a new one's coming. Uh, I'm sure that I will need a new MacBook Pro to drive it, and uh, I'm I'm ready for my new Retina overlords to come and visit. Maybe I'm being mean on you. Uh, a little bit. I am being mean on you. I'm going to be a bit more mean on you. Do you know what is a really good docking station? Just a docking station, right? Because you spent. A thousand dollars on a screen, which is also a docking station. You could probably spend like six hundred dollars on a good screen and a good docking station, like a Thunderbolt docking. Yeah, station. so I actually have. It's actually in a cabinet in this office. <laughs> I have a Thunderbolt like breakout box, like the, whatever the one Jason has, like the Belkin Thunderbolt dock, and it was great. I used it for a really long time, and mine actually started getting um, getting flaky. So. I kind of use that as an excuse to do this, but absolutely. I mean, you can buy a nice, like you can go buy a Dell 4K display and a Thunderbolt dock, and it's actually probably better than the Thunderbolt display. But there are people who want it all in one, and uh, so we'll see. I'm I'm interested to see what they do if we if we get new MacBook Pros and we get new Mac Pros, and there's not a Retina display, then I will look at okay, what third party you know, retina-level displays can I purchase and then like go back to a setup like that, at least at home, and leave, leave the Thunderbolt display here in the office. But uh, we'll see. I think it could go either way. Again, I hope Apple is making something. I think they are. I'd be surprised if they bail on the display business, but you never know. Well, we'll watch with bated breath for the screens that we can plug our iPads into, right? That's Isn't that what mm. we're doing? Isn't that it? No. So, that so let, me, let me... Actually, that's a really interesting question. If, um, I mean, if there were a solution to, to use an iPad with an external display, would the two of you look at that? For me, it makes no sense, right? Because the iPad's a touch yes. device. I don't think... I don't... Th- I don't think it makes any sense right now. I wouldn't say never because who knows like where this is going to go but like there are so many parts of that that don't make sense right. uh but i wouldn't i'm i'm not going to say never on that one to be honest 
Because, like, let's imagine in five years' time, the iPad is as powerful as I hope it will be, and mm-hmm. I want to sit down and at a desk do podcast editing on it, and I want to use iOS, but it would be nice to use an external Apple Pencil, an external trackpad to do editing and a logic on the iPad. Like, it doesn't seem like an impossible world to me, like the same way that people plug their laptops into these setups. But I just think right now with the tools and everything that we have right now with iOS working as it does right now, it doesn't make any sense. But I won't roll that out forever. Federico, do you agree with that? I really don't know if I if I want to or need to connect my, my iPad to another display. I I feel like a lot of the, the reasons Part of the reason why why I love iOS is that I can touch it all the time. Yeah, and I'm not sure. I mean, I have an Apple TV. I never used AirPlay for anything. Um, I just feel like if you're a desktop person, it makes sense to have external monitors. If you're an iOS person, you just get used to the way that it is. I mean, I I, I don't find myself wishing for it or craving any kind of display in any way. Yeah. So but do you do you think it like would you say right now that you would never do that? I'll never say never for exactly. anything, Mike. Yeah, yeah exactly. That, that's that's <laughs> how I feel. It's like it seems crazy, but I have two iPads, so <laughs> on a scale of priorities and wishes, there's other things I wish for than a display for my iPad. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. I mean I think the only way it would make sense is if the external display is also like touch sensitive. So you could have your iPad plugged in and put an app up on it and use it, you know, in a touch environment. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I think inherently they're just so different. That's not really a thing, but it's something that, you know, people sometimes say like, Oh, I'd love to have more display. It's like, uh, something to, something to consider. But you know, overall, like the Mac hardware on the hardware side, at least is in this just like really funky spot of, there's not a lot of uh, good news going on in the Mac hardware scene. It seems like <laughs> we're always just right around the corner of something new and magical. And maybe we are. I, ho- I hope we are. But <laughs> I tell you, if, if you were to go buy a Mac today, the only one I would really ever consider is the iMac. I think everything else is is due for a, an update. And the rumors peg it with such large updates that unless you just really need a notebook, I wouldn't go buy a MacBook Pro right now. Yeah, but uh, I guess we'll see. I guess it's like the um, you know, like the year that we had no no devices anywhere until uh, until the fall. I guess that's, that's what it feels like to be a Mac user right now. Just always on the treadmill of old computers. Federico, you mentioned betas, and I want to just touch base with you i guess that's a phrase that i'm using now uh about what you're feeling about the betas right now because you mentioned that you'd put ios on your phone i don't know a lot of people that have done that and you are watching you watch os3 as well Mm -hmm. right yeah so okay just flat out up front we are not advocating that you do this uh the connector podcast is not liable for any issues that you have the things you gotta say, uh, don't do it. File radar. Uh, yeah, I think what that's else? it. Yeah, uh, bounce Apple, the dinos. Apple people care. Uh-huh. All of the, all of the things you gotta say. Yeah. <laughs> that said, <laughs> that's that said, Mike. <laughs> um, 
I, 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 I would say there's been worse betas in the past. It feels like it's the most stable beta one. Not the most stable beta. The most stable beta one I tried on my phone. Yep. I do get the maybe a couple of times a day of uh, home screen mm, uh, crash. You know, when, when you get the, the spinner. Now uh-huh. you stand, you don't get the Apple logo. You get the spinner for a home screen crash. It's a big change. <laughs> um, I, I get that a couple of times a day, but... Uh, it takes five seconds to restart the home screen, and all of my apps work. I haven't seen any major showstopper kind of bug. I can get work done on my phone. It's all right. There's just some some annoyance, annoyances, such as the home screen crashing thing, and the fact that if you have a lot of betas from test flight, app betas from test flight, the app store, uh, the update section goes crazy. Now I basically don't know which updates are for test flight apps and which updates are for apps that are non-test flight huh. on my How device. Weird. It's mentioned in the release notes, so I'm okay with that. It, I'm, it's probably going to get fixed in beta too. And overall, it's, it's a very stable beta, and it's supposed to be a lot better based on what I heard last week. It's supposed to be a lot better even in beta too. So I, I want to say... Solid job on the first beta of iOS 10. I wanted to ask you about the multilingual keyboard. Mm, all right. Because I yeah. can't imagine that there are really that many people that talk or write about this stuff that need... That's the English perspective, No, no, right? no, 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 I'm not saying nobody wants this. You, you jumped ahead. You weren't listening to what I was saying. You just got too mad. I'm just messing with you. I what know. I said was there aren't many people who talk and write about this stuff okay. in our space okay that okay. speak two languages constantly like okay, you do. yeah so uh, i wanted to get your opinion on it to spread to the world <laughs> i love how you get all defensive <laughs> in two seconds i get that i get what you mean i get what you mean um it's amazing it's seriously one of the best changes to iOS standing years so if you if you happen to be one of those people who constantly needs to type if into uh, what do you call it, Latin-based languages, so you uh-huh. know the, the QWERTY keyboard, such as in my case English and Italian. Um, you can now. So it used to be you needed to switch between the English keyboard and the Italian keyboard before iOS 10, uh, because otherwise you wouldn't be able to type, for example, in Italian using the English keyboard, because autocorrect would do, would go crazy, and it just you know it was the English keyboard for English words. So you needed to switch all the time, and the keyboard switcher switcher was slow. Only the uh, only iMessage could remember uh, uh, different keyboards for each conversation, but the whole system was kind of crappy. Um, in iOS 10, you can install the keyboards from the settings as usual, but then you don't have to switch anymore because let's say that I'm talking to Mike and I'm using the English keyboard. Then I switch conversation, I'm talking to my mom, and I need to type in Italian. I don't need to switch the, to the Italian keyboard anymore. I can just keep writing in Italian from the English keyboard. And as soon as the iOS keyboard picks it up that I'm typing in Italian, it gives me autocorrect suggestions in Italian, and it also suggests emoji in Italian. So it's not just Ooh. words, it's also emoji, and it's amazing. And I've been, I've been testing this for uh, like the past week. <laughs> and I'm happy to say... I'm happy to say that uh, it's a beta. 
till mig, alltså File Radar. Men uh, no, it, it really does work. Um, it's, uh, it's seriously one of the changes that is gonna make me save a lot of time every day. Yeah. Because those few seconds uh, that you switch between keyboards, they do add up over time. Like, it takes a couple of seconds every time. You imagine that, like, 20 seconds per day, at least, maybe even 30 seconds per day, for I don't know how many days, for how many years, and it's a lot of time. And, as, and it's not just time, it's a lot of muscle memory kind of annoyance, not to do this all the time, it's annoying, it's tedious. And now it's, it works from a single keyboard, and I'm so surprised that Apple is doing this, because I, I thought I was generally the only person complaining about this, but I, I, do, I, do, have, I do have to mention a lot of... Uh, i don't remember the names, and I'm sorry. I just uh, there's only one Spanish website that comes to mind. It's called Apple Sphera, I think. But there's a lot of international Apple blogs that yeah. brought up this complaint over the years. So if it does feel like a small victory for us, especially us Europeans. Uh, I know I got a, quite a few um, colleagues in Brazil, for example, and I know that those people brought up this problem many, many times in the past. So it, it does feel like it's a, it's a small victory for us, uh, and and it's a, it's very impressive. Now the the thing is, it doesn't work for uh, languages that use different keyboards. Yeah. Uh, and by different keyboards, I mean you cannot do English and Chinese or English, English and uh, what's the Russian, Russian uh, Cyrillic alphabet yeah. at the same time. So okay. it, it only applies to Latin-based keyboards and languages. Uh, but in my experience, it works really well uh, and it's an amazing change. So yeah, really happy about this. How are you feeling about watchOS 3? Uh, I'm, I'm very interested in speed. Uh, host of Mac Power users David Sparks wrote a really nice little post about this a few days ago because David, I think, installed it in San Francisco because that's yeah. he's a crazy person. But he does. Uh, yeah. But I'm interested in if you've noticed any speed changes and if they're applying to third-party applications that you're already using that haven't obviously been updated. So it is faster, it's not as amazing as what Apple showed at, at the keynote. Well, because that's Watch 2, but that's another that's another story. Yeah. Or, or developers need to work to get there. I, I don't know if just... Well, but are you finding the speed that being instant on Apple apps? Yeah, also Apple apps, yeah. Okay. I mean, even if you launch the Home app, for example, it takes a solid four seconds for it to update and okay. to give me the status of my lights. So it's oh. not as immediate. And, and the Home app is pinned to my dock whatever the name is. Right. So it's still not there. It's faster, way, way better, at least in terms of... I mean, I love the dock idea. I feel like it needs to be a little more intuitive to be able to swipe between apps because I feel like I need to time or at least to control my swipe so that I don't jump over the next app. Uh, but that, that'll get better with the betas. Uh, I do like the idea a lot. And, and I'm sure that developers, as soon as they update with WatchOS 3 support, it'll be even faster. The general idea is, I think WatchOS 3 will make me love the Apple Watch eventually. I, 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 do, I do feel like I've been down on, on the Apple Watch because of the uh, two problems. One was the, the performance, and the second one was the software just had too many places where it didn't make sense. The friends interface, the going back and forth with the, with the honeycomb... I feel like the changes coming with WatchOS 3, the dock, the speed improvements, uh, how you can um, move between watch faces, I feel like 
I'll be this is like the watchOS that I wanted to have from the beginning. And I feel like as soon as I have watchOS 3 and the watch 2, I'm probably going to be a watch person like all the way uh in in the Apple Watch. Uh because I I saw you Mike uh using the Apple Watch, you use your Apple Watch all the time. Uh-huh. I saw you how much you depend on notifications and I want to be like you. I and I and I feel like I'm honest here. I feel like WatchOS 3 and Watch 2 uh that'll do the job for me. Yeah, I yeah, I am I am I am one of people. Like I am, I am someone who uses the watch a lot and enjoys their Apple Watch a lot. Me and Jason spoke on upgrade a few weeks ago in kind of in defense of the Apple Watch, I feel like, you know, against people that are, are there's been a lot of complaints about it basically and a lot of people saying that they stopped using it, Stephen being one of them, you know, like people giving up on it. Uh, but as the episode was called, Happy Apple Watch Users, I am one, um, and I'm looking forward to being even more happy about using the Apple Watch when it becomes even more uh, useful with watchOS 3. So it's good to hear that it's getting better, and you know, I'm, I'm, I know I make like dumb jokes, but like I really do believe that the speed that they showed on stage is probably most likely achieved by another watch, um, which is, you know, it's still correct what they're showing. WatchOS 3 will be faster, but any amount of faster is better than what we currently have. Um, so I'm looking forward to trying it out for myself. And of course, you know, it's probably worth mentioning, it probably isn't as fast in beta 1 as it will be by the time it's released anyway, right? Um, there is a strong chance that they will continue to tweak as it goes along through the beta period to make it even faster and more responsive. So I'm very interested to see uh, what that ends up looking like. Now, one of the biggest features, um, and I know it's one that I'm excited about for iOS 10, and I know that it's met with uh, different feelings by many different people, is messages. And I have played around with messages with Federico um, on mm-hmm. iOS, and we should talk about that. But before we do, let me thank our third and final sponsor for this week, and that is Willing.com, the best free way to make a will. So this subject is, of course, a little delicate. We were talking about sweating earlier, which is uncomfortable, but talking about making a will uh, is a little bit more uncomfortable still. Nobody wants to have to think about the inevitable. Nobody wants to have to really consider planning it because they don't want to talk about it. But willing.com makes it super simple and reduces the amount of time that you'll need to spend thinking about this the average time to complete a will on willing.com is 10 minutes and this is why they have somebody signing up every three minutes their service was created by leading estate planning attorneys and they make documents for all 50 states in the u.s that are tailored to your specific questions and you can easily come back to them at any time to update your documents as well all you need to do is enter your information on their site with their easy to use system You'll then be able to instantly download and print your personalized documents and sign them to make everything official. Willing.com's basic will, which allows you to describe how you wish to leave your property, is completely free. They also offer other documents like living will, power of attorney, and trusts, which are all available at competitive prices. You'll be able to avoid probate with a deed or trust, and basically, if you own a home, you'll want to avoid probate, and Willing.com can help you with that. 90% of Willing.com's customers recommend them to a friend. Find out for yourself why and get a basic will for free by going to willing.com slash connected. And if you need to name guardians or want to avoid probate, you can use the coupon code connected for a huge 50% off. And remember, you can go back anytime to update your documents and there are no recurring fees. Thank you so much to willing.com for their support of this show and Relay FM. So I put iOS 10 on my iPad Air 
2, uh, which is a device that has kind of just been sitting waiting for me to turn into something. Um, I, I plan to, again, when I move into my own home, to mount that iPad in the kitchen somewhere. That is a plan that I have because I think it'll be really nice to have a dedicated device for recipes and stuff. Um, but until then, it's just been sitting there waiting for to you know to be put to use and it has been put to use as my ios 10 device and the only real thing that i've played around with because it seems to be the only real thing that i can do right now with it uh is to send crazy messages to federico yeah pretty <laughs> and much we have been it is incredibly buggy which is expectable expected i think at this point uh there there are little ui bugs all over the place but it does work and i do really enjoy it so we're talking about the effects that you can do to make the messages kind of explode. Um, Federico sent me one message, which was basically playing like lasers and strobe lights with a little sound. Uh, and even though my iPad was in mute, the sound kept playing every time I opened oh, my God. message thread, which was awesome. Uh, Sorry. <laughs> so like every time I opened my iPad, a rave would begin. Uh, mm. And there was nothing I could do about that. Uh, so these are the kinds of bugs. But it is fun, right? I love the handwriting stuff that you can do. So you can draw little handwritten messages, which I will probably send all of my messages that way now with my Apple Pencil, mm. right? Just draw a little mm. handwritten one. The stickers are really good. So they have like the classic Mac stickers there. And something that I don't recall seeing in the keynote is there's GIFs. There's like a, a GIF app just like built into messages. Yeah. And you can search for GIFs, and it will give you GIFs, and it has popular GIFs, and that all works really well. Um, so I'm happy to see that, because that's much easier than opening an app to do it. Uh, and digital touch is there, and that's kind of cool. I like that you can take photos, right, and draw on the digital touches. You can send a heartbeat, which I'm not 100% sure is real in any way, because uh, like I don't know where my iPad is getting my heartbeat from. Uh, but, the, you know... I think it's really good. Um, I think it makes messages feel young and alive again. I showed some of the stuff to Adina, and she said, it looks like Facebook Messenger. And I think that's yes. the point. I think yeah. that's what they're attempting to do here, was to to make Facebook Messenger. Like an app like that, that is what they wanted to do. So I am very excited about some of the things that I might be able to do with this down the line. All of the sticker packs, I'm looking forward to those. And also some of the apps that people might be making, you know, like the little game apps or being a, a way to send people money in messages and stuff like that. Yeah. I, I'm excited about this. And now, Federico, I don't know if you've tested it with anyone other than me, but what are your feelings? Do you kind of agree with me? I think messages is the blockbuster announcement it from is. WWDC. Yeah, and you don't. You, at least I was spending time with developers at the, at the conference, and I don't want to say that no one was excited because I I have been talking to developers who are coming up with some great ideas, and I think it's gonna be super fun for two reasons: one, to see what developers come up with, and two, to see what app review rejects this fall. But we'll talk about this in huh. the future. Uh, but I didn't get the idea that. You know the WWDC crowd was the right one for this kind of announcement, but I think it'll be messages will be super popular, and I think it's obviously inspired by well, Facebook Messenger in terms of like the big emoji, the gifs, and the app platform. The whole idea of a, of a messages app store. Uh, it's also inspired by what others have been doing. If you look at WeChat or Line, for example, I think it makes uh, messages is super fresh. Um, it's gonna be fun to personalized conversations in a bunch of different ways. 
uh, thanks to apps, uh, you know, stickers and that kind of stuff. There'll be a lot of money flowing in the iMessage App Store, especially because it's super easy for developers to come up with a sticker pack. I want to see how Apple will tackle the possible copyright infringement problems, uh, just because it's mm-hmm. so easy to come up with the with the sticker pack. I mean, it's just a bunch of images. You drop them in a folder. You run Xcode, and you got yourself a sticker pack to sell on the App Store. I've been thinking about this. <laughs> I think I think that they just made the decision to just let it fly and deal with it on a case by case basis. It's like there's nothing you can do like yeah. if you catch it in review stop it if it goes out and then you wait for somebody to complain and then you pull it down like i feel like you either do this or you don't do it if you do it this is definitely going to happen so you just need to accept that yeah. i think that's kind of the process that you go through in coming up with this decision the way that they have yeah but i feel like even if you you know set inside the fun aspect of stickers and and like little gaming apps even from a productivity perspective, I feel like we're going to see like utilities uh, on the iMessage app store, like stuff for sharing documents or calendar events or images, media files. Uh, I I feel like it's really up to the to the developers' imagination at this point, and it's going to be you know this fun place, kind of like Facebook Facebook messengers, uh, but. You know, even for like um, stuff like if you look at what developers were doing with keyboards uh, in terms of utilities and productivity, imagine that in a much better native way in iMessage. Uh, I don't feel like it's going to move people away from Slack, of course, but it, for, for one-on-one conversations or even smaller groups of people that don't want to sign up for Slack, I feel like it's going to be possible to save time when sharing stuff on iMessage that isn't necessarily, you know, King Kardashian stickers or, or big emoji. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm, I'm really curious, and I'm getting already a few emails from developers who are making non, I don't want to say non-fun, because uh, they're more of a utility-based uh, apps for iMessage. I think it's going to be really interesting to see what they come up with. I, I just I wonder how it these apps just being on iOS will affect that where a lot of people still want their productivity stuff on the Mac. And we, we spoke yeah. a little bit about it last week. That these apps uh, are not coming to the Mac uh, to a degree. Some of it you'll see in like read-only, but it's even, I think, dependent on exactly what the app is doing. And yeah. a big I reason... That's so sad. It, it's, it's disappointing, but a big reason that uh, I actually had thought about, but then just it didn't come out of my mouth, was the, the fact that these are going to be UI kit apps written for iOS. And of course, if you're on a Mac, it's not very helpful because uh, there's still not a great way to have the same code base on on both platforms. And and maybe that that's another, you know, maybe it's another reason that they're not there. But I really want to see messages be a platform that you can use on either type of device. Yeah, um, yeah. And I think even extending it to the web at some point, right? Like Facebook Messenger is sort of web first and they have mobile clients. Like why couldn't I sign into iCloud.com and do like really nice messaging on the web if I'm at a, a PC? So I think... Could it... I know this is like going to make people's skin crawl, but could there have been or could there be a way to make a messages app which is actually just a web view? which could allow for some of this stuff. Would it work on the web? Like, would you be able to do this stuff on iOS and the web where you can't do it on iOS and the Mac? I mean, they they would need to have 
a technology story there for developers to to use. But there's nothing holding them back from doing that. There's nothing holding them back from saying, "Hey, if you want to do it on the Mac, this is how you do it," or making it really really easy to take an iOS application and port it to the Mac. You know, in this in this regard. So again, I think we are probably not the best three to talk to that talk to that sort of thing. But I know as a user, it's going to be disappointing to like, or even frustrating if I'm working on my Mac all day and like needing to pick up my phone or my iPad to like interact uh, in a way that is meaningful uh, with with somebody else. So uh, maybe it'll come, you know, maybe it's like we said last week where they have a plan for this and it just didn't get done. But uh, I sure hope that something's going on there because having messages like fractured to have like you have these features over here but if you're on the mac you don't like like look at photos right photos on ios and photos on the mac are more or less like lock and step right so they they added memories to one the other one got memories and and face the face engine got redone the face engine got redone on ios as well so they can do it to a degree like that. That is part of their strategy. For some reason, messages just isn't there yet. And I, I really think that if message is going to be a real contender, that whatever apps or, or like stuff that you use within it, you have available no matter where you're sitting. And uh, hopefully they get there. The idea about the contender, I don't agree with. Um, and well, I think mess- a good messaging platform is ubiquitous. One reason Slack is so damn good is that I can use it on any device and it's the same everywhere. I don't have to think about, oh, I'm on my iPad so I can't do this thing in Slack. Well, it works the same everywhere. Well, I would ask that you look at WhatsApp, right? I mean, the idea of of how good the platform is to use is a different argument to if it will be a success. Sure. And I think, like, it depends what you mean by contender. I'm being facetious, but, like, I'm I'm just trying to understand it, right? Like, when you say contender, do you mean as a well-rounded, good application or as a contender to Facebook Messenger, WhatsApp, Telegram? Because whilst some of those apps have varying support on different devices, I think as long as you're on iPhones, Apple is going to be totally fine and they're going to probably up even more of the message market than they currently have. And not having full support for apps on the Mac is not going to hold them back. I mean, clearly that's what Apple is is thinking about at this point, right? They have WhatsApp in their sites. Like, There's no doubt about that. But as someone who like that's, and maybe this is the problem, I just don't want what they want, (laughs) where it's, it's, um, it's going to, I think it is going to be frustrating for users. And like, that's always... Like if I was going to go after WhatsApp, for for example, I think that's fine. Like it's great. Like they they should, as a platform vendor, there should be a really good first party messaging solution. But the iPhone is not Apple's only platform. Like, and it's uh, that's that's where my frustration comes in a little bit. And I'm sure you know. I'm sure that if they see like great success in mobile, then it's going to take off, and they can put more resources into it. And it'll become a bigger part of their their company and, and then i think the mac will benefit from it but at this stage at least i think there's this is going to be like this weird yeah dichotomy because they, they brought it like halfway there like it's it is so there, weird you know? right because like what you just said i totally agree with like they'll see if it takes off but they surely already know this like they know how many people use messages right now and that's got to be enough well they said it's the most used application on the iphone so Either nobody's using it on the Mac or they've just decided that this is something they don't think is important, right? Yeah. Because 
they obviously also know how many people use it on the Mac, and maybe that difference is massive. I doubt that, but it's just such a weird thing that. I mean, maybe there isn't an easy way to make it work. So maybe that th- what they did need to do was to build some kind of like pseudo UI kit that only works with the Messages App Store if that's what they wanted to do. Well, they have that in Photos. They have UX uh, UX kit. But what what I think the reason is so strange is that WhatsApp is just a mobile application. Like it, WhatsApp and Facebook Messages, like they're just iPhone apps. Well, Messages... They have web apps now, but... Yes, the point is correct. They are effectively just mobile applications. Right. Messages started life really as iChat. Like, or at least from the Mac user perspective, yep. messages just got bolted onto something else that was already there. And then to break that and like diverge down a different path, like, I, I understand why they're doing it. I'm not arguing why they're doing it. It's just like a, a point of contention, I feel that it's like there's this weird stress between where Apple wants to go and where they are today. Yep. And how do you, how do you get there? It's like the Mac app is kind of like hanging on to the ankles, right? It's like dragging messages back. Because it is weird. It's weird. Because it's, it's weird that you have any support, right? It's, it's, you yeah. put some in, but it's not really good enough. But, it's, but that it's support strange. is really why I moved everything to iMessage. Like, before, like SMS was useful, but if you were at work all day, and like a lot of people, I mean, we're lucky, right? A lot of people can't use their phones at work. Or like their rules against you know active rules against it if you're sitting at a desk somewhere someplace secure, but if it's on the Mac you know maybe it's fine. And so for me, like I think one reason I have used iMessages and like don't sign into AIM anymore is because it's just at the computer. And when I pick up my iPhone or tablet, it's there. And like that's just going to be a strange experience. And and maybe it's not a, as big of a deal as, as I think it is. Like this part of my thought process says. It's gonna be really cool that all these apps are there, and like we're gonna play with them for a while, and then we're just all gonna use stickers, and like we're not gonna be doing productivity, we're not gonna be building virtual ice cream cones together, even though I want to do that with the two of you guys very Naturally. badly. Oh, we can do it in real life if you want to. Yeah, let me. Well, t- I just want to posit one uh, productivity thing: an oh app that can schedule calendar events. Yeah, be awesome. Oh. Yeah, I'm you thinking. Know? See, I'm thinking about that stuff. Uh, Calendar events, uh, sharing tasks uh, on something uh-huh. like Trello, for example, uh-huh. or sharing files. Like you can, I'm pretty sure developers will come up with all kinds of crazy ideas. Which is why I mentioned we'll have to see if App Review likes what it's going to happen, uh, or if it'll be like a repeat of what <laughs> happened with widgets and custom keyboards a couple of years ago. We'll see. I don't know. It's going to be fun. Hopefully, Apple learned from their own mistakes. And, you know, it's not going to happen again. Uh, we'll see. Uh, we'll uh, discover the truth in, in three months. The truth is out there. The truth is in the cloud. The you just got to keep waiting for the betas. File those radars, right? That's Yeah, always file the radars. It's always uh, file the radars. That is. It really does matter to people at Apple and all the teams. They worked really hard on this. Uh, so file the radar. If you want to find our show notes for this week's episode, head on over to relay.fm slash connected slash 97. Oh, my word, 97. Uh-oh. I know. Are we prepared at all for episode 100? Don't think no. so. Nope. Not a thing. <laughs> if you have any ideas, let us know. If you want to find Federico online, he is at Vitici, V-I-T-I-C-C-I on Twitter. Uh, and he writes over at maxstories.net and is the host of Canvas and Remaster as well on Relay FM. Two great shows that you should check out. Stephen is at ISMH on Twitter, and he is at 512pixels.net and also the host of Liftoff and Ungeniest as well. You should check those shows out. They're a lot of fun. 
I am at iMike, I-M-Y-K-E. I host too many shows to mention. But they are also on Relay.fm as well. You should, you know, go check them out. There are lots of good shows on Relay FM. Thanks again to our sponsors this week. The great people over at Braintree, Willing.com, and Ministry of Supply. But most of all, thank you for listening. We'll be back next time. Until then, say goodbye, gentlemen. Arrivederci. Adios.